Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me today. This is the second episode in a three-part series called Rebuilding Your Life After the Death of Your Child. In today's episode, we're going to listen to three different clips. These are all taken from one of our courses called Working Through the Darkness. This first clip is from Module 1, and it's called How Can I Ever Trust God Again? The title of this lesson is Why Should I Bother Praying? Let's listen in. God gave me a very strong earthly illustration of why it's still valid and important to come to him with our requests. And I've shared it with dozens of perievers already, and they all say it's really good and it helps to make sense of this quandary we find ourselves in. So I want to share that with you now. As a king rules his land, his subjects will come to him to petition him for things, and he can either say yes or no based on his view of the big picture of the entire kingdom. The subject will be happy with his answer if he gets what he's asking for, but he could be pretty upset with the king if his request is denied. He may even be angry and slander the king to other subjects, deciding he isn't a very good king at all for not doing what this subject wanted or needed, forgetting that the king is looking from a completely different viewpoint. So the subject may not always get his request granted, but at least he came before the throne for the king to hear his case. But if that subject doesn't even bother coming to the king with his need, the king has no obligation whatsoever to move on his behalf. And that is why we need to keep praying. I believe this is what request prayers are like. I'm petitioning the king for what I think I need or even something I desperately want. And he answers according to the big picture of eternity that I cannot see based on information I don't know. Sometimes my request is granted and sometimes it's not, which can make me hurt and angry, believing he isn't a good king or a loving father. But I still need to continue going to him with my requests and knock on the door to see if it opens for me. I don't quit going to him with requests just because I had some answered in a way I didn't like. I understand the struggle, and yes, I still sometimes wonder in my own thoughts why I should bother asking God for something, especially when I feel like yet another prayer hasn't been answered in the way I thought it would or should be answered. And when I find that happening, I'm learning to ask God what it is about him that I don't understand yet. Because when I try to lean on my own understanding, I can get all messed up. So I need to see things from his perspective. And if I don't get the answer to that, Well, then I've decided to continue to believe that he sees what I can't see and he knows what I don't know and I will continue to share my heart with him, trusting that someday it will all make sense. I think the bottom line is that we try to make sense of God with our finite brains and limitations, but that's just plain impossible. We want God to answer to us, which is just as futile as a teenager arguing with his parents, wanting the parents to answer to him or her as their child. How can they? How can they possibly explain that they see what their teenager can't see and they know what their teenager doesn't know in a way that makes that teen satisfied with the answer? And how can God possibly explain to us through his lens of eternity? 
Like I said, this was only a clip. There is more to that lesson on prayer. Let's go ahead and go on to a clip from Module 2, though, which is about the difficult ripple effects after our child dies. We're going to hear just a bit from the lesson titled, The Family Room of a Support System. I hate to say this, but quite often, those who label themselves as Christians are more hurtful and judgmental when our child dies than those who are in the world and aren't Christians. They're very good at rejoicing with those who rejoice, but... As Christians, quite often we're not very good at weeping with those who weep, which is what we're told to do. They prefer to throw scriptures and solutions our way, trying to fix us or help us get the victory over our grief, which we all know is not helpful, if not outright damaging. This chapter has one of my favorite lines in the book. We find the love and camaraderie of each other much more healing than a counselor or a psychologist. We don't need to be analyzed. We know what's wrong. We need comfort and hope from someone who has been where we are. And that's on page 37. Now, I don't want to say, I know there are some that do need a counselor or a psychologist, and I'm, I'm not in judgment of that at all, because there are times when we need that. Like I've said, this is a traumatic event. Some of you have had PTSD, and you need that help. But as a whole, a lot of times, I know I was told one time on Facebook, you need to get some help. And it really took me aback. It's like, no, I'm grieving. <laughs> the issue is I'm grieving the death of my daughter. But what I am saying is that one of the best support systems you can have are other bereavers. This past summer, we were at a big national conference for bereaved parents. And I took my guitar and sang a song I wrote after one of the keynote speakers spoke. And I was talked into bringing my guitar and joining in on an informal jamming session that night. I, that's not what I normally do. I practice and I play the chords and I don't just get in there and jam with my guitar. My trumpet, yes, my guitar, no. I grew up as a pastor's kid and my home is really strict in what was on the radio or the TV. And I've only used my musical talents for what we would call Christian purposes. But that night I found myself playing and singing songs like Margaritaville and Sweet Caroline. And at one point, I looked around, and I found myself thinking, these are my people. We're just a bunch of broken, wounded people doing life together. And it was so comforting, and it was so wonderful. And as I wrote on page 38, there is something deep inside us that needs to connect with others who have experienced what cannot be put into words. It is so important to have a support system and to have people in your life who know what it's like to lose a child from this earth. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why you listen to this podcast and hopefully you're connected to GPS Hope. This last clip is from Module 3, Your Changed Identity, and it comes from the lesson called The Pillar of Words. People do what they do based on their feelings because of what they believe. Most people live mainly out of their feelings, and feelings do not always equal the truth. To put that a different way, just because I have feelings about something, no matter how strong those feelings are, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily based on the truth. To change your behavior, which is driven by your emotions, you must know and understand the truth because it's the truth that will set you free. So here's one belief that most bereavers struggle with. God isn't good because he let my child die. Let's take a look at this. 
What determines God's goodness? Is he good because he answers my prayers the way I want him to? Is that what makes a person good because they give us what we want to make us happy? Or are they good because they know how to make right decisions for everyone involved? Are they good because they're not willing to compromise in the moment but hold fast because they see and know the greater good further down the road? I think you can answer these questions based on your own parenting. I remember times when my kids blamed me for something and were angry at me when I wasn't the one who caused the pain or my decision was based on something I could see that they couldn't see. And it's the same with God. He allows us to have our own thoughts, even if we believe a lie about him. That's how much he loves us. He doesn't force us to trust him or to love him. He lets it come from our own choice and our own thoughts. When our granddaughter Elena was being taught to say please, she also had to learn that just because she says please doesn't mean she gets what she wants. And sometimes she would be really upset because she felt like I said please, that means I should get it. When we ask someone for something, no matter how nice or how demanding we are or how much of a bribe we offer, that person still has a choice to say yes or no. And when we ask God for something, he has the choice to say yes or no. Did I want him to say yes and allow Becca to stay here on this earth a lot longer? Of course I did with every fiber of my being. Does that mean that I believe God killed my daughter to use it in some way in my life? Absolutely not. Do I believe that God allowed the natural consequences of a fallen and sinful world to take effect, not stopping it even though so many people were praying for her healing? Yes, I do. Do I still give him permission to do what he wants to do as God instead of what I want him to do because he can see so much more than I can see? Absolutely. I've chosen not to change my thoughts and beliefs on who God is just because I didn't get a prayer answered the way I wanted him to, no matter how painful it has been. To get through this, to be able to live again, we cannot lean on our own understanding. In all of our ways, we have to acknowledge the truth that God is always good, whether we agree with his decisions or not. That can be such a hard thing to come to terms with after the death of our child. Everything we thought we knew about God has come crashing down, and we aren't even sure we want anything to do with him anymore. Some of us feel that way. And yet, something inside of us is still drawn to him, no matter how angry we are, because we desperately need his peace, and we need his comfort, and we need to know that somehow he's still in control, even though this seems so out of his control, and somehow he can get me through this. Working Through the Darkness, the course that these clips were taken from, is one of three courses now available through GPS Hope from the Rebuilding Your Life After the Death of Your Child courses. Last week, we heard a clip from the first course, and next week, we're going to hear some clips from the third course. If you would like to find out more about them, just go to gpshope.org and look at Courses under the Resources tab. There will also be a link to the courses in the show notes. Let's go ahead and move on to our birthday segment. Laura Ann was born on November 17th and is forever 15 and a half. Austin Lauterman was born on November 20th 
and is forever eight and a half. Jacinda Avina was born on November 22nd and is forever 18. Jacob Letourneau was born on November 22nd and is forever 21. Melissa Sulakowski-Hill was born on November 23rd and is forever 38. Skylar Spencer was born on November 23rd and he is forever 24. We know how important it is to still recognize the day our children came into this world, so we celebrate with these families their special day. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday shared with the GPS Hope, the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope listeners, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a form with the information that we need and submit it and I will add your son or daughter to the list and their birthday will be shared on the podcast the week of his or her birthday. The death of our child takes us to a very dark place. I want to encourage you that it won't always be this dark. Those of us who are on this journey ahead of you thought we would never come out, but we did at some point. The reason GPS Hope is here is to walk with you through that darkness and to help guide you back into a place of light and hope and even a life of meaning and purpose again. And our hope and our prayer is that by letting us join you in this journey that you'll be able to get there quicker with us than you would be able to get there by yourself. So remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.